This is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Seattle Sports at Night. I am Seahawks insider Stacey Rost here with the quarterback, Jake Heaps, the quarterback and my friend, new father. Well, you're already a father yes. of one, now a new father of two. Two, yes. That has been a crazy ordeal having two now. We are so excited to have Bodie Lawrence Heaps uh, join the family. Uh, huge shout out to everybody at Tacoma General, especially the mm-hmm. labor and delivery nurses, uh, ROB. Uh, Dr. Adam Nickel, he was phenomenal, took care of Brooks and took care of us so well. So thank you guys so much. Uh, and and baby and mom are recovering extremely well. Uh, yeah. It's so much fun. And it also it's just funny to kind of see as a as a as a parent and especially a now of two, you wonder how the older one's gonna handle it. Jackson's three um and has been nothing but just like uh, ooing and awing over over Bodie. And so it's been super fun. Uh, seeing him take care of his little brother and and all that, so we are losing out on sleep. There's no doubt. Bad. Oh uh, gosh, we're we're struggling and and all that. So uh, please forgive me if I ever say anything a little out like, of preface, the norm. You guys, this is like Bodie's like newborn, newborn. Like, yes, we just born just a Brooke couple and days Jake ago. Just so. had Bodie. Yes, just so a it's okay. Days ago. We'll forgive you uh, with little slip ups, but you know, yeah, so far, you. I think you've been totally fine. Well, I appreciate sleep that. deprived and all. I That's will right. say. A uh, beautiful picture of the Heaps family in their kitchen of their new home. Um, noticed that something was missing What's... when I got in today, which is that I asked for you to bring in the <laughs> p- giant bag of pistachios that you had on your counter okay. in the background. I've been asking for it let's, very politely. Let's clear this up. Every no, day. Not and politely. I have not gotten. I said, thank you. I said, bring in pistachios. You said, Thanks. bring them in, thank you, yes. which is not asking nicely. So that's why they're not here right. right now. And get my own pistachios. You have been trying to bully me on social media, which I do not appreciate, okay? You know who would have brought me those pistachios? Like I tell Jackson. Brooke. Brooke would have brought me and Curtis those pistachios for sure. If you ask nicely. I'm going I'm to tell you right I now would on the never air. Not I tell ask Jackson, nicely if ever. he tries to man something, I say, try again. And he says, please. <laughs> so, you know, just... Next time, just try again. We'll see what happens. I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I can't see. The thing is, I have an older sibling mentality, whereas you are a younger sibling. True. So I've just grown up. I've been a bully my whole life. Like I don't know any other life. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Ah, <sighs> man. Um, Travis Homer is one of the rookies that uh, the Seahawks took. One of their eleven picks during the draft. Running back out of Miami. Do you just like this kid a lot? Because I no, do. no, no, no. But but here's the thing. I I was obviously just focused on like DK Metcalf, LJ Collier, um, a lot of these players because I don't follow college nearly as closely as I do the pros were new to me. Yeah. Uh, and so I actually started following Travis Homer more and watching him in practices more after you said something mm-hmm. and you were really fired up about him, and so. Then Jessamine McIntyre and I started watching him. This kid is like 110% on, on every play. Really fascinating to watch him. Uh, Brian Schneider, special teams coach, said that he has been the best special teamer, obviously outside of like Tyler Lockett and your, your standbys, the yeah. best new special teamer on offense. So, so here is kind of like a quick fire interview that I did with him. We just had a couple minutes after practice. At, at practice, you know, I'm kind of dinking around having random conversations with people while Stacy's actually working. She's <laughs> actually working and interviewing Sometimes people. Sometimes you give so, me good questions. So though. thank you for actually working for our show. Here's, here's Travis Homer. 
every day. It's like you're 125% at practice, which you don't normally see all the time during like hot summer days when everyone's kind of tired. So where do you get that mindset from? Uh, I mean, it really started when I was young. You know, my coaches always told me, like, go full speed as much as I can. High school, Coach Dallas Ocean, and then college, uh, Coach Thomas Brown, he really wanted us to finish every rep. And it's just even more emphasized out here with Coach Chad telling us, like, they want us to finish, so I'm just going to do that. Does anything go into the mindset of, like, you know, I know it's a deep running back room and I really want to, you know, if I'm not going to get, you know, Carson's reps, I want to make sure they remember me on the field? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm, it's not like it's, uh, I mean, it's competitive in the room, right. but it's not like, Everyone's going against each other. Like everyone, mindset. yeah, everyone, everyone's, everyone's helping each other out. You know, Penny's been helping me a lot. Carter's been helping me yeah. a lot. JD, CJ, Bo, everyone. What's it's that just, room like right now? It's, it's a, it's a good room to be in. You know, everyone like really cares for each other. It's like a brotherhood. Yeah, you guys are so young. I know it doesn't seem like that to you, because <laughs> you guys are young. But from the outside, it's even the veteran, like the veteran most players, like twenty five or so. So, um, is that kind of like? Does it feel like it's advice from them? Does it feel like you guys are all kind of in this together? It's de- I definitely get a lot of advice from them, and yeah. yeah, it's like we're all in this together. So, like, they don't want to see us fail, so they want to see us flourish and prosper as much as we can. How's your first summer been as a pro? Does it feel weird to not have a class, something to study for? I'm happy as I don't know what to not have a class. <laughs> you know, that's Do you ever like have a dream? Like, I still have like a random dream that I'm missing a class and I'm late for it, and I've been out of college for a while. Do you ever feel like, oh man, oh no, I feel never. like I should be doing something? Nope. No, not at all. All right. Well, that's good. Well, how do you spend your free time then? Uh, You're not studying anymore. Right now, except I'm just for the getting playbook. some treatment. Uh, yeah. When, when I get back to the hotel, I'm usually just watching TV or playing video games. Yeah. What kind of TV? What kind of video games? You know, I watch anime a lot. Anime? And, uh, yeah, I'm a little geek, but it's all right. A little. You know what? Being a geek is cool now, though. It is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like everyone is like, people think, like, I'm a nerd for watching Game of Thrones. Like, millions of people watch Game of Thrones. True. You know, it didn't end the best way, but it's fine. Yeah, I agree it. with you on that. Yeah. Sad. Do you think that, did you finish it? I did. How would you have liked it to end? I mean, I think... Daenerys deserved better. I mean, she was going a little crazy at the end, so I kind of I kind of seen that happen, but uh, I thought there was going to be at least some fighting in the last episode. Like, Something, but no. Just bored as I don't know what in the last episode. I know. It was just really, really rushed, and it yeah. wasn't great. It needed another three seasons. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It did. Like, I felt like they barely did anything with the White Walker fight. Like They could have done a lot more with that, but... I'm going to change my interview. What? How would you have ended Game of Thrones? How would I have ended Game of Thrones? Yeah. Because you're, you're like a big, are you like a big, like into fantasy, sci-fi? Uh, not so much sci-fi, it's fantasy project. Okay. Yeah, but. What's your dream ending for this show? Dream ending? I'm not even sure, to be honest. I'm going to leave that up the dome, but more fighting. Mm-hmm. Probably had the White Walkers come in after. I really like the, having the White Walkers It should have ended with that battle. Yeah. It should have ended with them defeating Cersei or whatever but, but happens I know, there. I know they had, to, they had to set it up a certain way, so yeah. it's whatever. So what got you into anime? Uh, I know I always watched it like when I was little and stuff, like yeah. Dragon Ball, but I never really got back into it until probably like sophomore year of high school. Why then? Just kind of fell I back just saw, I just saw a show that talked about uh, your conscious getting transferred into like a video game and people got trapped in there. I was like, okay, that seems actually uh-huh. kind of cool. So I watched it. I was like, oh, I bet. And then you were, like, looking up some other stuff? Yeah. If you have to recommend people stuff right now who are listening, what do you recommend them? If you're like, all right, get started with some good stuff. I swear it sounds weird, but you'll like this. I mean, really, I hate to be the guy on me, but you got to watch Naruto. Okay. It's very long, but 
it's probably the best show out there. Where did you start, like episode one? Yeah. Naruto? Yeah, Naruto, okay. yeah. It's probably the best show Who's your favorite character? Ever. Sasuke. Sasuke Uchiha. Who? Sasuke Uchiha. Why? Actually, I lie. My favorite character is Itachi. Itachi wow. Chiba. Lying on an interview. That's... Yeah, I lie. I lie. Yeah. I lie. Because, like, the dude just raw. He's a savage. Yeah. Straight up. I can't get too much information. Okay. <laughs> oh, you don't want to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, I can't get too much it. information. Oh, no. Does he, like, die or something? I don't know. Do people die on this show? I have no idea. I don't want to recommend people things if they're going to get their heart broken. I mean... It does, you just gotta trust the process. Okay, okay. Just trust the process. So how about video games? What video games are you playing? I just talked to Rasheem Green. He said he's over Fortnite unless he's playing with someone else. Right. He's really into I don't remember what it is, but what are you playing right now? Uh, I'm just playing like two game Madden right now because I feel like all the video games out right now is boring as uh Yeah. Yeah, but I usually like to get into like RPGs and whatnot, but mm -hmm. I'm waiting for more to come out. What RPGs? I've been playing. I used to play Skyrim. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played that for a little while. Yeah. And, you know, I just got bored with it because I just kept restarting it. Do you play with any of your teammates? I feel like at times in the summer it would be the only thing to do because it's like you can't go not out, you can't do much of anything. It's not like, no? no? Do they not like the same games? No, they do. Yeah? Some of them do, yeah. Uh, Are you just too good? You're like, I don't want to embarrass you. No. I'm not good at sports games at all, so oh. I'm not going to play anyone okay. just to get embarrassed. That's smart. I'm just going to play fan of, uh, franchise on Madden, you know, ball by myself. There you go. All right, uh, last question. I'll wrap it up with just looking ahead. Very, very first preseason game this Thursday. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. I'm very excited. You Nervous? Know. Nervous, no. No? I'm really just more excited. Like, I want to I wanna play already. How do you get over not being nervous? It's just something that doesn't really come to me naturally. Yeah? Maybe, maybe I'll feel a little bit nervous come game day, but right uh, now, no. No, but I'm really just focused on like knowing. I'm really just focused on knowing like the playbook. Yeah. Doing what I need to do. Uh, do you feel like yeah. you found a good fit with Seattle? I think I, I really do think so. Why is that? Just I've seen the atmosphere around here. Uh, it's a really great, uh, really good atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Coaches are great. They like to they like to teach you like what you need to know. They don't want to they don't want to waste your time with anything. The, the um, players, you know, they they really bond with each other. Yeah. And like I was saying with the running back room, how. They want to make sure, like, you do you do your job and you do it as best you can. I feel like that's the same way with the team. They're going to compete with you and make sure you do what you need to do. Yeah. Very last question. Why no sleeps? No sleeps. Uh, I'm no from, sleeps I'm from Miami, so. Oh, you're you, done. You're like, I'm <laughs> you, don't over, wanna, you don't want to wear sleeves I'm down over there. sleeves. All right. Travis, thank you so much. Let me tell you, Stacy, when you are in Miami, he is not joking. It is you have to practice at <laughs> I've 6 been wondering it every day. You have day. to practice at 6 a.m. in the morning. Just so you can beat the heat, and oh, by Ugh. the way, the heat is eighty-five with one hundred percent humidity no, every thank day. You. you have to, you know, in the cold, like usually the cold tub is synonymous with the summer, yeah, and training camp. With Miami, it was an everyday thing. In December, in January, you had to get in the cold tub. It was the craziest experience ever. See, so, I hate summer. I I think I'd hate Miami. Yeah, well, trust me. Yeah, uh, it was it was a big big transition for me when I was there, and I was there during the hottest parts in July and August is when I first showed up, and it was wow, it was a shock to the system. But Travis Homer to me, Stacy, in all of this is a guy who really intrigues me, and I have really fallen in love with just watching him practice the effort that he puts in uh, he has great burst and I believe that he probably is going to be one of those guys that's going to be a preseason All-American I think wow. we're going to we're going to watch this guy and be like yes. he's totally a standout he, the difference yes. being that uh, unlike some other standouts that people have fallen in love with I think his ability on special teams 
really gives him a better shot to make this roster versus just being a pure running back. Right, which is a fascinating argument because C.J. Proseis and J.D. McKissick have done an excellent job for themselves. Yes, I've mentioned C.J. Proseis. Don't get mad, uh, you has, guys. Has, met, has done an excellent job through the offseason of showing that uh, they can contribute in the running game and in the passing game. So those two guys are guys that they uh, that this offensive unit has complimented both Pete Carroll, Brian Schottenheimer, Russell Wilson, they've all complimented both those guys and their ability to be versatile. And now Travis Homer may not have the versatility yet as a rookie to be involved in the passing game, but he is versatile in the sense that he can play special teams and do it at a high, high level. So it's going to be fascinating with this competition who ends up making this team over the other and why. And I can't wait to see how this whole thing unfolds. And it starts, it finally starts, Stacey, Thursday night. Let's go. We are three days away from the Seahawks preseason opener. A lot has happened between OTAs and now. Jake and I are going to break down the best and worst news next on Seattle Sports at Night. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Seattle Sports at Night. I'm Seahawks Insider Stacey Rost here with Jake Heaps. Jake, one of the teams that I forgot to mention when I asked you in Four Down Territory if there was any season of hard knocks, just kind of an imaginary season you could make. Yeah. Uh, the 206 says the 85 Bears would be a good season. See, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. I'm like, what if? Like, obviously, Definitely. HBO Hard Knocks is not a thing. But what if you could see behind the scenes to some of the most amazing sports moments, but at like it was like HD, behind the scenes access. Think of all the things in sports <laughs> history where it's just kind of a story that we tell over and over because we just didn't have the access that we do now. Right. Imagine if the 85 Bears had Twitter. Man. They'd have some attitude, man. Yes, they That'd would. That'd be good. 85 Bears Twitter It probably would be was great good Twitter. that Jim McMahon did not have a Twitter at the time. <laughs> so there's, there's a rhyme and a reason why certain things happen right. at certain time in history <laughs> here. Uh, another one that would be really good is probably the Dallas Cowboys era when yeah. they had Michael Irvin, Evan Smith, uh, they had Deion Sanders, right? Yes. Like that was a crew of, of Can you imagine Cowboys Twitter characters. during that time oh, if it existed? Insufferable. It was unbearable. Oh gosh. It was, <sighs> All right. It was so brutal. Uh Jake and I took a look back at everything that's happened uh from basically the end of OTAs up until now. Obviously, We've been talking about it day in and day out, whether in the sports pit, whether we have a show, whether it's on another show. We figured that just kind of heading into the first preseason game, now just days away, we would take a look back, just kind of a summary of the best and worst news for the Seahawks since then. Just that we have kind of these storylines heading into this game. So I'll start with bad news first. I'll start with my worst news, which is... To me, I feel like very obviously the suspension of defensive tackle Jaron Reed. Yeah. This news hit like, I mean, I was going to draw a comparison, a really bad comparison. I'm not going to say who it was, but there is this um, celebrity death when I was in uh, college. Uh-huh. And it was when Perez Hilton was a huge thing. Uh, and it was like people popped out of the dorm room because we're all 18 People were like popping out of the dorm room and in the hallway, and they were saying, "Did you just see what happened?" It felt like that with Jaron Reed. And even though the Seahawks 
uh, knew that this investigation was ongoing. It sounds like they also had just kind of thought that it died down. It, it, I don't think people expected this to happen. I don't think Jaron Reed expected it to happen. Right. It was shocking, and it came at the worst time for a team that they'd already moved past free agency. No longer are there are there people they can get. And for that matter, I think the fact that they didn't make a move maybe tells you they're interested in keeping Reed long term. They yeah. aren't interested in finding an immediate replacement. But it is the last position group that they needed to have a hit. And and unfortunately, they got one. No doubt. And obviously, the, the reasons why uh, he got suspended, I mean, it's definitely heartbreaking uh, as a fan when you're b- bought into a player like Jaron Reed and yeah. excited for him. And then you see kind of what's going on with, uh, you know, the sexual assault situation. And that's not good. And and those are things that uh, can't be overlooked. Um, so w- with all of it, like you just mentioned, the football side of it, the sexual assault side of it, it, it was just such a big blow um, that was hard, and and so it's going to be interesting to see how the Seahawks battle back from this, um, and um, uh, and so uh, that that's the part where it, it becomes fascinating, um, and and how they're going to recoup from this, and Jaron Reed being able to come back uh, from from this situation, um, not being a sexual assault. Sorry, I'm wrong on that. But no, that's. I mean, um, I feel like some. It came at a time when there were like six other stories that we were covering too. But right. yeah, just that. Uh, I think the Bellevue Police just had it as a domestic violence or a domestic assault situation. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and so you're looking at that, and, and that's good to clarify there the big difference. But uh, I think that this is one of this is a situation like you said that could not have come at a worse time yeah and that t- completely took everybody off guard the organization right? the player uh the fan base it just was a very peculiar time and Pete Carroll said they never really got a, a, a lengthy explanation from the league people were opposing it too and this is why we were having that conversation to the Tyreek Hill case yes and saying well this doesn't make any sense it just brought up all these really interesting sad and weird conversations about how the league uh handles its discipline of uh, personal conduct violations specifically with assault. And it also just made for a conversation that while it feels shallow to have this conversation, it, it made for just a really tough roster situation for this team. And yeah, I think that that is the one that when I look at everything that's happened, at least for the negative things, it seems like it has the biggest impact on the team, not just immediately, but potentially their season. Right, for sure. And and you look at who are they facing at the beginning of their season. They are facing a, a right. group of juggernaut offenses. Uh, the Bengals You're aren't necessarily a, a team that you say, man, this is a juggernaut of an offense, but they're a very productive offense. Andy Dalton, they yeah. put up points. Um, and then you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, the, the New Orleans Saints, and then you have the Rams coming down the pipe, and, and then you have the Cleveland Browns. I mean, that is a very difficult stretch that's going to put uh, a lot of – uh, uh, it's going to put your defense in a major bind, mm-hmm. um, and, and you're going to find out a lot about that unit very, very quickly. So not having Jaron Reed a part of that is is pretty rough. I think on top of that, Stacy, one of the also the worst uh, things that we have we have found out mm-hmm. from OTAs to now is again this can change over the course of the next couple For weeks sure. uh, as preseason games come. But usually, if your defensive line is improving you're going to see that through a couple different players. And a couple different players are going to stand out and pop to you. Uh, and, and there has been a lack of obvious development on the defensive line, and particularly in your pass rush. They've, they've moved Barkevius Mingo to defensive end. You know, he's had some flashes, but not on a consistent basis mm-hmm. where you go, wow, 
this guy, this is a tremendous move. Uh, Jacob Martin, we've we've hyped him up. We've talked about him a lot. There's a lot of things that he's said the right things. We've heard that he's put weight on, all that. But we haven't seen him flash on a consistent basis coming off the edge. Um, and, and so from a defensive line perspective, uh, you, you would like to hear more positive things that we're, than, than we're just not hearing. We're not hearing that they're doing poorly. We're just not hearing that they're doing well. And usually you have a few players that are standing out head and above everyone else in terms of you know popping and here's a guy who's going to have an explosive season. Here's a guy that's showing up every single day of practice that's just making plays. And Do you that think just even when happened. you just watch in practice, that when you've watched this team during practice when they had – exceptional pass rush or an exceptional D-line, was it just obvious, even though they can't sack people, that oh, you yeah. were like, oh my gosh, like those five plays in a row would have been a sack. Absolutely, yeah. You, like they just one, burst off When the you edge. knew it was definitely going to be a sack, but you also saw the explosiveness. When you saw Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, uh, you, you saw uh, Bruce Irvin, you saw some of these guys, these Frank Clark, you, you saw some of these freakish talents come off the edge in their twitch. It just was like, whoa, okay. This guy's going to be able to get to the passer. You know, it doesn't. You, you can't quite see it in practice, and they're not doing it right now. But you see that they have that in their game, and that it's going to happen. Right now, we haven't seen that on a consistent basis from anyone, and to me, that's that's bad news because that's been a storyline for us the entire offseason. It has not been answered yet. We'll give you guys some good news. So here's my here's my best news, and this is more of a recent development, but I think it's great news for this team right now which is the news today of not just the news today of Delano Hill coming off of the preseason pup list, but just in general, having a safety group that has more players than not that are healthy and that are ready to get on that field. Cause you think about it <laughs> when we were leaving OTAs, you had uh Lano Hill, not playing Bradley McDougald, not playing uh, Marquise Blair, not playing. Right. And, you were wondering who else you had there. You were like, I guess Tedrick Thompson is out there. You had and, Tedrick Thompson and, and, and you Shalom Luwani. That's yes. it. And you didn't have a veteran outside of Bradley McDougald. Well, now they signed uh, Deshaun Shedd, who has played both corner uh, and safety. They've used him at both, but primarily it seems like they're bringing him at safety right now to kind of yep. add depth there. And now you have Blair back on the field who practiced today, McDougald back on the field. Hill shortly going to be on the field, certainly past his physical, so he's he's going to be able to. Mm-hmm. This is, to me, one of the best developments that you could have for a group. Like Until they get on the field and show what they can do, the important thing is that you now have a group on the field. Definitely. And like we've talked about, there's been a lot of questions about the D-line and the secondary. The secondary, to me, is the one that you should have most, the most optimistic. Op, you should be the most optimistic versus about like the D-line. versus the D line because this group can really grow and develop in a hurry. And and so I, I have more faith that that unit more than anything else is going to continue to grow. Again, you've got players like Sha- that Shaq Griffin that have to step up, that have to show that they can play up to their potential. But I, I do believe that that is a group that I believe will rise to the occasion. Um, so that is definitely a very positive thing moving forward. One of the other things is there's been a huge question ever since Doug Baldwin uh, announced his retirement is mm-hmm. where is this offense going to be and how do you replace that production? One, Tyler Lockett has shown that he is ready to take over that number one receiver position. Uh, he has looked phenomenal. Yep. Him and Russ, their connection has been great. But everyone outside of that, the backs have stepped up in the passing game. Your tight end group looks as competitive as ever, and I'm in a, in a position that I am very excited 
excited with about. some surprise players too. I was not expecting, and I'll be the first to admit it, Jacob Hollister to come in and impress until you started saying. Hey, watch Jacob Hollister. This is a guy that, again, he runs a 4-5. He came from the Patriot system. And the one thing that really stood out to me was not necessarily his speed, but you could tell that he's played with Tom Brady. And the reason why I say that is because he he knows space. He knows how to set things up in his route running ability. And he's a guy that finds himself open, not just because of his physical uh, attributes, but because of the, his smarts. And those are the types of tight ends that you love to have on your team. And that's, I believe Jacob Hollister can have a major impact on this offense in terms of bringing a dynamic element to this group. Will Disley has looked great and has come back uh, in a very good way in terms of his health. And we're going to dive into him in this next segment uh, in Big If True. Uh, and the other guy is Nick Vanette. Nick Vanette has played extremely well in this camp and has continued to grow over time. Uh, and then the receiver position, I mean, gosh, this has turned into a group where you've had a bunch of young guys, huge question marks, David Moore, Jaron Brown, and they have all stepped up. And DK Metcalf mm-hmm. has looked as good as advertised. Um, and and the negative things that have swirled around DK Metcalf, to me, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see any of those things when I watch him play. So and not that route is huge, issues or anything that people correct, are kind of complain about. Not glaring route issues that are going to hold Well, don't forget he's a rookie, back. too, so that's the thing. It's like he's not going to be polished. No, he's not going to be polished, but he's not nearly as bad as what everybody was making him out to be, and he's only gotten better and better and better with every single day of practice. Love this kid's mentality, love his attitude, and I think he's going to put it all together. The other guys around him, I just believe this is a very competitive group, and it's all because Russell has stepped up his not just his game on the field, but as a leader, as a guy who is investing in relationships with everyone on the offensive side of the ball, and it is showing through in a major way, and these guys feel it. They feel the connectivity to Russ, which is something that has always been a critique of his with Mm -hmm. other guys on this team in the past, and now that Russ is without a doubt one of the major leaders on this team, if not the leader on this team, next to Bobby Wagner, uh, this is a guy who's really coming out of his shell and having a major impact with his leadership. And I will say, uh, we have about a minute left, but it's worth mentioning that one of the things you mentioned that it's easy to overlook is the contracts for Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. Maybe one of the best pieces of news to come from this time, just because it's it was seen as this huge, huge question, and then it was done, and it was like, all right, on we go. And it's like, you know, this was an important fork in the road. And the Seahawks could have moved in one direction, and they and they took this route to yes. keep both of those stars on their roster, and that is a big story. It is a huge story, and you've empowered both guys to say, hey, you guys are the faces of this franchise, and we know that you guys are uh, the, the, the two keystones yeah. of our offense and our defense, and we're going to build everything around you. They could have went with Frank Clark instead of Bobby Wagner. They could have tried to do both and really hamstrung themselves into a bad cap situation. But they've said, hey, we're going to be very healthy in our cap situation now and moving forward, and we're going to build around these two guys. And I think it was the absolute best decision, and Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see that pay off in a major way in terms of both those players and their trajectory moving forward. Speaking of good news, there was good news about Will Disley from practice, but it's making Jake nervous. That's next on Big If True. This is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're still laughing. <laughs> oh, man. 
That was a good laugh out of you. Oh I feel like normally, it, like uh, my jokes, because I'm like, um, like a just a mass throw the jokes out there. Like I don't, I, right. I, I don't aim one good joke. And do you land ever watch? Do you ever watch Friends? Yes. Okay, you're like Chandler Bing. Yep. You know, <laughs> I like am you are Chandler Bing. Hundred percent, you are. It's exactly are what you? you are. Uh, for me, yeah. Ooh. Curtis is Ross. You think? <laughs> He is. Ross. Totally he doesn't that. want to admit that he's Ross. True. Curtis is half Ross, half Joey, and I don't know how it happened, but that's who he is. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm like to compare Chandler myself Bing. to Joey, but I don't know. I mean, oh, still, you've got Joey. You're, you're a little bit of Joey. Uh, maybe not Monica, could, but you are very like, focused. You know, Mike when Hannigan, to like, he comes in late in the show. That could be you. It could be me. Um, <laughs> but that was a pretty genuine laugh that I got out of you that time. I was proud of myself. It was good. Good Because sometimes I get like a polite, like, Haha, yeah. Yeah, sure. You guys have heard no. Jake's fake laugh before, but that was a real <laughs> laugh. I feel like that was a real one. We'd like to have a good time here. I, well, I told you that. Uh, in- this is not drudgery. <laughs> we love coming on this show with you guys, sharing our insights. You know, and this, this is a blast. And I hope you guys feel that. And I hope that that's what we're able to bring to the show and convey to you guys. We certainly love yes. interacting with you guys. You guys bring it. We love you. Um, and also, on that note, please text into us on the Coors Light text line, 710-710. For our Ask Us Anything segment coming up. Ask us anything. Anything Any- you want. Anything you want. You want sports opinion. You want to know more detail about us, what we like better versus something else. Which Throw it friend at character other people at the station are? Who is Mike Salk? Yes. Is he Phoebe? Is he he's he's also Chandler. Oh yes. <laughs> there's too many Chandlers there's, at this station. There really is. Uh you know, let's get to the sports news that I have to say before I waste any more time talking about myself. Um Pete Carroll after practice today gave Quite a few injury updates. A good one was about Will Disley, but it has Jake very nervous. That's on tonight's Big If True. This can't be happening! Big. You can't be serious, man. If. Did Did he he say say that? that? True. History is going to change. The bottom line on the hottest opinions of the day. You cannot be serious! Tonight's Big If True comes from Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll himself. Straight from the mouth of the head coach. He was asked about the performance of Nick Vanette and Will Disley, two tight ends, today at practice. Both of them had really good days. Will Disley had, I think, a pair of touchdowns, at least one, a couple really good uh, receptions from Russell Wilson, looked very physical, wasn't held back at all. Now, this is a player who is less than a year removed from surgery to repair a ruptured patellar tendon. That's the same injury that kept Jimmy Graham totally sidelined for the offseason, granted, Graham is older and suffered that injury in, I think, week 9 or 10. Um, Here's what Pete Carroll had to say about the injury to Will Disley and his ability to come back now. Just had a great day today. He was all over the place, and and, uh, he's making a bid wanting to play this weekend, so... uh... We're watching and listen, listening carefully because he, he looks like he's ready to go. He's had a, excellent work. Nick's been great. You know, the whole time for us is just a solid guy that can do everything and has been really good around the, around the red zone. And uh, so we count on him. Russ loves to go to tight end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, yeah. I am all for the Will Disley uh, recovering at a, at a, a great rate. He it looked, is great he, news. He's cutting. He's moving. Yes, he caught two touchdowns that were awesome on double moves today. Um, he has progressed significantly and is, is far, far ahead of where they were thinking he was going to be. But let's pump the brakes on Will Disley playing on Thursday. 
To me, this is Will Disley is a guy who is vital to your offensive success. He is a guy who can be an impactful player as a blocking tight end. He can be an impactful player as a receiving tight end, and we got to see that the first four games of last mm-hmm. season. And to me, this is a situation where you can easily get caught up in, wow, this guy's contributing. Mm-hmm. Wow, this guy looks better than where he's at. I still believe that Will Disley is probably, again, I'm not getting this from insider information or I'm not. No, to just me, from watching him. Just from watching him, I think that he's probably around 85%. I don't believe that he has fully kicked it he up. He is still wearing a wrap, not a wrap, uh, just like a compression thing on his knee, which I yeah. would bet he'd wear like through every practice this year. But it's not like he's totally out there without anything. Correct. And that's the part where I look at this and I go, okay, look, this is awesome. I love to see this. And it also made me cringe on Saturday that you saw Will Disley a part of 9 on 7 but not a part of this, the Saturday scrimmage. I didn't want him to be a part of anything. I just want this guy <laughs> to be healthy. And, again, it's not babying him. It's just making sure that, look, guys, we don't need him out there on Thursday for game one. It's not babying him. You just want to wrap him in bubble wrap and send him <laughs> out there like stiff arms and legs. Just, just please kind of... keep this guy healthy. Please stay safe. Devil's advocate here. Okay. Will Disley has played a total of four NFL regular season games and not even a full fourth game. Wouldn't you want him to get some extra snaps in the preseason? And I, here's the thing. I, I actually agree with you. Uh, if I were Pete Carroll, I, I would have him in the preseason, but I'd probably wait until uh, at least another two weeks, maybe for like the week three when the starters are mostly out there. Right. Get him out there next to a starting offensive line for a couple snaps instead of just kind of sending him out. So I, I yeah. do agree with you, but... There are some people that are saying, well, why not? If he's healthy, he doesn't actually have a lot of playing experience. It's true, and, and I think that's a great point, Stacey. If you're playing devil's advocate, that's exactly the, 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 the side you should be taking here. But I believe Will Disley has shown that, he can, that he's developed the trust of Russell Wilson up to this point. I believe that he's, you know, in a very quick amount of time, has gotten himself up to speed to where we know what he's going to be able to do. Um, and be confident that he's going to come through and execute uh, throughout the season. So to me, I think ideally week three of the preseason is the best time to start introducing him into that live action. And the other you know, kind of screw in all of this is the fact that Ed Dixon is probably not going to be healthy for See, Thursday. That's so what that, I was going to say. That tempts you to say, Okay, we're a little short. We we're, we brought in two guys. Do you think that's why they brought in the two guys? Like maybe they, did they knew about bodies. Ed Dixon and yeah. they thought we just need guys out there to well, get Well, they would have done it regardless because they had two tight ends that were not oh, participating. You're right, you're right. So they they needed the bodies. But it, you you look at Ed Dixon not being able to participate and and that that doesn't really bode confidence because now you really only have three tight ends and really two guys that are are capable of being great blockers, and I'm excluding Jake Hollister out of that list of guys because that's not his bag. Yeah. He could do it. It's just not his bag. Yeah. And, and so uh, that's where you start getting tempted to play Will Disley, and that's the thing that I really want to caution. Are you going to worry about it until I will. I, every, like you're going to be sitting in the press box. If he is box. out there on the field, I am going to be holding my breath the entire time. Just please You're going to be holding your breath healthy. throughout the game because there's so many things that they switch up and so many guys get a chance to have a couple snaps that like at any point you're going to be like third quarter why is Will Disley walking out there don't, what's he doing Don't say that don't say that he's not well, going to we'll be know out whether there or not he's He will active. not be out there in the third quarter of the first preseason game Stacy if that happens I will lose it okay? You know what you take any don't chance you can to shine Text those questions in <laughs> To the Course Life text line, 710-710. Any and all questions you have, that's coming up next on Seattle Sports at Night.
You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Seattle Sports at Night. I'm Seahawks Insider Stacy Rost here with Jake Heaps. We're having a great time, Jake. We are. Great time. No one's getting teased. No one's getting made fun of. Definitely not. Except for Jake, who <laughs> on the break disclosed to me. You you know what? You're lucky that I didn't share the story it's that okay. you told off air about the what was it? Um Oh, nothing. Okay. Moving on. No, the the basketball. Oh, yes. I'm not going to yeah, we, we cannot say. No. That. Yes. It's funny though. Yeah. <laughs> uh one of the questions was what was the first CD you ever had? We can go into this. Yes. I'm fine with that because mine was Britney Spears. Okay. That does not Hit surprise me. Hit me baby one more me. time. That does not surprise me. Wonderful album. The first thing that I was exposed to that I, I was I did not buy it, but my older sister mm-hmm. at the time, and it wasn't a CD. It actually was a bonus featured uh, VHS Cassette? tape Ooh. of the Backstreet Boys, and it was like all of the music videos that they did. And so it was like every song on their album and all the music videos that they did and the behind the scenes of it. Um, so yeah, I, Matt. Do we have any Backstreet Boys? I know a lot more. I about guarantee Backstreet you know. Boys than do you think you I know the words? Know. If songs were playing, you would know the words absolutely, without a doubt. And I'm not ashamed of that. You didn't have to listen to that. <laughs> like, did you choose to listen to it without her? Um, no, I did not. Okay, but, but uh, I'm I'm not ashamed to say. I, I Don't be ashamed. The they're Backstreet a great songs. They're great a great songs. band. Shay Serrano of the Ringer just wrote an article about why the Backstreet Boys. Are and have always been better than NSYNC. It was very controversial, but I thought he made some really good points. I mean, we sang the Backstreet Boys on Brock and Salt we when did. we took over. So, oh, you're right. I mean, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Okay. That. Uh, from the 509, again, text those questions to the Coors Light text line 710 710. Who are the tallest and shortest people at the station? I'll tell you why I chose this question because I am not the shortest. What? No, Shannon Dreyer. Oh, you're. Okay. No, I am like two inches taller. So I feel I'm, like Shannon is like she's a part of the station without uh, a doubt. No, I'm but Shannon. She is like I, I look at her as like Mariners, Mariners. She entity. is Mariners insider. Yes, uh, Mariners reporter. Mariners everything. Shannon Dreyer mm-hmm. still technically part of 710 ESPN and therefore okay. shorter than me. Okay, now if Shannon Dreyer was not part of the equation. if Shannon Dreyer was not part of the equation, it would be Tracy in traffic in the. <laughs> <laughs> At, if it was just seven ten, it is Dan, would be are, me. Is Danny? Yes, Danny's, Danny's taller. taller than me. You you say that like oh, of course. I know you're right. Like, I should Danny's be not a giant. No, he. Um, I'm five two. Danny is probably like what five seven, five eight. That's that's generous. <laughs> Danny is not five. Tallest eight. would be oh Kyle. I almost said Brock, but it would definitely be Kyle. Kyle is like I think like seven yes. two, maybe. Kyle. Kyle is tall. Like he, he's he surprises you. Me and Kyle next to each other would probably just be yeah, really it funny. Doesn't really go together. I think so. I think it's like a best friend kind of thing. It's like <laughs> you know what I mean. If yes. We should be a detective series. Me and Kyle. It would be called like uh, Biggie and Smalls oh or or uh, let's, let's move on. Next okay, question. Okay, next next question, question. Next question. Um, Going down a dark path. Do boop boop boop. Jake, do you have a time when you weren't supposed to laugh, but you did? Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think this is a funny part about being a parent. Uh, Jackson, as you starting to become a toddler, just such a smart kid. Uh, there's been multiple times where Brooke and I are trying to discipline him. And it's late at night. He's kind of being a grouch or whatever, and he's just not listening. 
and he will have the funniest responses back to things. And especially this <laughs> happened a couple times to Brooke, and she's trying to discipline him. He, he says something, I'm right there, and I have to just totally cover my <laughs> mouth, and I have to walk out the room because it is so funny what he says. And you just, like, I don't know how she how kept Brooke a straight face up. How does Brooke keep a straight face? Well, I, I don't know. But, like, One of you after, afterwards, she was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, it was so hard to keep a straight face. But... Uh, I think when you're the one disciplining, you know you have to stay locked That's in the thing. into the moment, you know? She should work for the CIA. Oh, so funny. Because how do you keep... I mean, when a kid... Because the kids, gets, kids gets, argue and their excuses for things are, like, they don't make any sense. No, they're, they're nonsensical. Or, it's always about going to the bathroom. Yes, or they nail it on the head and you're like, wow, that was actually a pretty good response. Like, oh, like, he kind of got you on that one. You know, and he's got this funny I look mean, that he, he made, does. He made good points. He does like this, like, I I, I have to tweet out this picture because, like, oh, it, it. it's so hard to describe this face. But he, like, raises his eyebrows and, like, this question, like, yep, like, yes, I, I know what I'm talking about here. At JT Heaps so 9. Funny. Are you JT Heaps 9? JT Heaps 9. JT Heaps 9. You better get that picture out because now we all need to see it. From Will the 813, Jake, if you could completely delete one condiment from ever existing again, why is it ketchup? <laughs> I actually would pick I ketchup. I don't hate ketchup. It's definitely not the one that I choose. Well, you don't love ketchup. But like if it's on like no one if it's on ketchup. a hamburger and I didn't really like uh-huh. order it, but it's on a hamburger, I'll eat it. Yeah, it's the only time ketchup is it. acceptable. What's your least favorite? Like where you're like it, it doesn't matter if it's the most amazing thing, I'm not eating this. Mm, is relish considered a condiment? Yes, it okay, is. Then relish, relish without a doubt. Do you yes. not like sour, like pickled things? No, 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 no. So you don't like pickles? You don't I like... love pickles. I don't like That's relish. That's it. Okay. Relish is a an acquired taste. Yeah. No, Mine would be ketchup. I am okay with it. It's the same thing. No one hates it. It's just, besides Patrick Mahomes, no one loves it either. Patrick Mahomes and five-year-olds everywhere love ketchup. Everyone else can do without it. I don't it. understand how people can just douse ketchup on everything. That no. part just grosses me. Mustard, out amazing. Yes. Underrated. 100%. Barbecue sauce, especially underrated. The cooler, older brother of ketchup. So good. Um, which animal is underrated? I'm glad you asked because here's my answer. <laughs> I have two. Number okay. one, bald eagles. I think too often we just associate Strong them. First take. of all, we like see that. them as very serious animals. Yes. And kind of they have like a permanent frown, but even in cartoons, they're always a very serious, like, I'm the government. Mm. But I don't, I think they're majestic and peaceful and nice. <laughs> and I, like, they seem they loving. Are. They are. We have, we have eagles that, uh, at our cabin down at Lake Merwin that, uh, these bald eagles will just fly over. And it's amazing to watch. I have to stop what I'm doing and watch them every time. They're beautiful. No, they were my favorite anim- or animals when I was little. Bald wow. eagles. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number two is a tapir. It's an animal that I decided to really like when I found out what it was because it's one of the ugliest animals I've ever seen. And it made me feel sad that no one else, pro- everyone's favorite animal is like a cheetah or a dog or whatever. Tapirs, no love for tapirs. What? They're adorable. They're like huge. Like if a naked mole rat was the size of a panda. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? I, I, no, I don't. I have. What's to your look favorite this up. animal? No, no, that's not the question. What's the most underrated animal? Most underrated animal. Where you're like, you know what? We really don't give this animal the respect it deserves. I don't know. I mean, uh, we go to the Point Defiance Zoo all the time, and I think the one animal that Jackson loves more than anything else is a walrus. And I, I have you to tell what? you that a walrus is a very underrated yeah, animal. You're they right. are they are big and funny looking, and they hang out, and he's got these massive tusks that come out they're they're a 
fun animal. I, I think that they're underrated. Uh, from the 360, when we were talking about who it, at the station is which friend's character, someone said Brock is Ross. I couldn't disagree more. I mean, okay, so Brock can be mm. a little bit like, uh, no, actually, I think Brock is Joey. But less, he's smarter than Joey. But he's that kind of like where Joey's just living his life. Joey doesn't feel embarrassed. Why would he feel embarrassed? That is true. That is <laughs> you know? true. Brock, yeah, Brock doesn't really get embarrassed by... He doesn't, but it, it makes everything he does not embarrassing because of that. Like someone else could do the same thing and you'd be like, oh no. But Brock does it and you're like, that's hilarious. Yeah. I, I hear you on that. I just don't know. I don't think Ross is, or Ross is the right choice for that, but... Uh, from the 206 Seahawks related question, has Michael Kendrick's case been settled? And do we know for sure that he'll be available all of the coming football season? <laughs> it's a funny quote from Pete Carroll about Michael Kendrick's today. Why I he wasn't out that. there. He has business things he to has settle. business to attend to. Yeah, I don't know if we want Michael Kendrick's doing business I right tried now. giving him the benefit of the doubt and thinking like, I'm not kidding, I thought this. I was like, well, I don't want to just assume that this is about the uh, insider trading charges that he, I don't think he's been sentenced for them yet, Texer, but I was like, well, maybe he has like a t-shirt company or something. Like <laughs> He's missing practice. I don't know. Like, that's kind of rude of me to assume that that's what it is, but I definitely assume that's what it was. And yeah. to answer your question, I think that most reporters, including us, are just going by the, tell me if you disagree, but just going by like the tone of the team mm-hmm. that they seem not just by giving him the extension, but they seem or resigning him. Yeah. They seem pretty confident that he'll be there for the season. They have spoken about him as though he is going to be a player on this team in 2019. Yes, I, I fully believe that. And and these guys are pretty on top of it outside of, you know, the NFL coming down on Jaron Reed out of the blue. These guys have a pretty good pulse on what's going yeah. on with their players. And so uh, for that reason, I do believe Michael Kendricks is going to be able to play for this full season. And as a Seahawk fan, that's really all we care about. That'll do it for us tonight. Thank you guys for listening. This Thank was you. fun. I liked our text questions. I love ending on this segment. Good job, guys. I am Seahawks insider Stacy Rost. He is the quarterback, the host, my good friend, Jake Eves. What else can you throw out there? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Seattle Sports at Night on 710 ESPN Seattle.